Welcome to the United Cast, it's Entertainment Talks podcast for Man United. I'm your host Matthew and today I'm talking about Man United's 1-0 win away in the Premier League against Southampton. Um, not bad, not bad, could have been better performance wise. Um, this was very much one of those games, it became apparent that this was very much going to be one of those games about getting over the line. Uh, Southampton were not easy to play against. Um, they are, however, that team in the Premier League that, like, once a year, they sort of get battered 9-0 by somebody, but today wasn't that day. Um, so you got that going on as well. But, no, this this was a bit more about fighting for the win. Um, I thought defensively we were really, really, really good again. A um, few slip-ups here and there. A few times Southampton almost scored, but almost scoring is not actually scoring, so they didn't score, which was good. In the attack, um, I just thought we looked a bit disorganised at points. Um, I think one of the main reasons, honestly, is not having... We, did, we didn't have a striker on, because we had Langer, Sancho and Rashford at one point, and then obviously brought Ronaldo on later. We we really, really need a striker, just to just to balance that attack out, because we we tried to play too many long passes today. And Southampton sort of caught on to what we were doing, and they were able to they were able to close us down. And with the way that we, with the way that we scored, um, I thought it was just one time when we caught them out. Really, uh, we had a, both teams had good chances here and there. We possibly should have scored more goals. Obviously, there was that chance where we had the three shots uh, blocked and saved, which was very unlucky. Um, but no, I'm see- I'm seeing improvements in this team. It's just with with this particular game, um, I think we just lacked a bit of that cutting edge that we had against Liverpool because there wasn't as much sort of passing a move going on. Uh, there wasn't really enough support in runs. I I thought the team looked a bit sort of the team was a bit stagnant today. But then at times it, it was a very sort of fifty fifty even game. I sort of like. Um, we finished the game, and I thought, you know, um, I thought oh, that was pretty, you know, pretty even and everything. But yeah, I thought relatively even game. Um, we just we, we got some control in the midfield, but not quite enough of it. And then Southampton had some control. So this this kind of again, it felt like it was one of them games where we just edged it in the end. We got that moment, that moment with Bruno when we scored. Um, I'll get into the summary and the goals and the events in a minute. Not that there's actually much written down here for the summary, but I'll do that in a minute. Um, I do have to say in regards to... I mean, I'll do, I'll talk about it more in the player ratings. Um, I still think Bruno needs to be dropped. I think McTominay needs to be dropped. Um, I thought it was great again to see Verano Martinez. I thought Delo did all right. I thought um, Malasia was really good. De Gea didn't have a lot to do. Um... I can see it, but you can start to see with Casemiro being introduced now, like a prop, finally, finally a proper CDM after Matic has gone. Um, but we all knew Matic had like problems with you know not being able to play every game, which Casemiro would be able to do more often. Um, but no, you can start to see a bit of like, okay, new centre back pairings, new left back. Bit more of a new midfield, you know. You got Casemiro, you got Eriksen, you've got maybe Donny or Bruno or somebody in there. Um, I think the next thing for us to do, signing Anthony, would be very, very helpful. He's the right winger from Ajax that we're trying to sign. That will bring a lot of balance. Um, 
and then just getting another striker because it feels really awkward at the moment to have a questionable Martial and what I mean by questionable is like his form he can be good he can be bad but very 50-50 inconsistent so sort of questionable uh, not not fully reliable with Martial but he can he can do something it's just not often enough and not reliable enough you've got a questionable Martial you've got Ronaldo who doesn't want to be here and you've got Rashford who's played down the, down the middle who's not really a striker uh, we know the situation with the other striker um which, if that person, who everybody knows I'm talking about, hadn't done what they'd done, could have slotted into this team very well, I think. But, um, obviously, that's a different conversation to, to be had. Uh, it's a shame, really. But, um, yeah, and then it's sort of like... Because we got so many options for the left. Like, Sancho's good on the left. Garnacho can play there. Rashford can play there. Martial can play there. I don't feel comfortable with Alanga on the right. Not because of him as a player. Just, I... I feel like when I've seen him on the left, he's been better. But um, bringing Anthony in and then having, I don't know, a Diallo or somebody. Or like Sancho filling in on the right-hand side at some points. But that would be really helpful. So I think we're starting to get, uh, we're starting to see a bit more quality in this team. Like with Casemiro and Eriksen and the centre-backs. And, you know, Sancho doing pretty good. Um, Malcia being a great addition to the team. We're starting to see a bit more quality come through. It's just about balancing the team, like not having Rashford up front and not having, you know, McTominay in midfield and not playing Alanga on the right and having a proper striker. And um, it's important that we get each area of the pitch covered and we could kind of see the imbalance in this team today. Um, so although Langer did some okay stuff on the right hand side, he doesn't look, that doesn't look like his position. You know, when you're watching a player play in a position on a pitch. And you're like, it It just, their movement and where they are on the pitch, they don't look comfortable, they don't quite look right. Um, I also think just in regards to Alanga, I think he needs a loan. I think a loan would be good for him. He's got, he's certainly willing to put in the work rate, but I think just building up his ability, maybe if we do with him, with him what we did with Ghana, um, which is not sell him, um, then, you know, sending Alanga off to the championship for about, two seasons letting somebody else play there but if we bring in Anthony for the right hand side do a deadline day panic for a striker probably or something like that and then alone Alanga that will balance that forward line a lot better but you could kind of see the imbalance there today and because some teams it's going to be the case where you can use the pace of Rashford the pace of Sancho the pace of Alanga to hit those long balls but sometimes against teams like Southampton you need to be doing more of the breaking the low block and we couldn't really manage to do that today so uh, and then we got that moment where Bruno was free the low crossed it in and we scored so that was that was good um that's most of my thoughts on the game I'm it, it, this is again one of them ones where you, you look at the game and you don't you don't you're not and well you're frustrated at the performance but not annoyed of it because you look at the result and you're like okay glad we just glad we just got over the line with that one um and we can just you know take the three points and move on that's what you got to do um, because it would have been more frustration sitting in if we had not got over the line and not won the game, or if we'd drawn or lost the game or something. So, yeah, good to see that we got the three points. We got over the line. We can kind of you know work on that and and sort of move on. So, um, I've not got anything in the summary for the first half, so we're gonna skip over that, I suppose. Uh, the first thing was well, got the low yellow card, but the first thing listed is the goal. 
Uh, Bruno Fernandes scoring, Diego Delo with the cross. Um, yeah, Delo had a lot of the ball today uh, with trying to do a lot of crosses. Again, the problem is... It, you're p- pushing Delo at the right-hand side, right? And then you've got Alanga, Rashford and Sancho. Unless you're doing a low cross where they can run onto it and score with their feet... None of those three players are really sort of like the poacher finishers. Like none of those players are really going to sort of like... None of them are great at heading. And again, unless you're doing it like an on-the-break type of attack where you can push the ball into one of them, doing a cross, a high cross across the box isn't really going to work with them. That's where you do need somebody like a Ronaldo who's great with the headers or, you know, can, can finish those chances. So... Because you saw a few times in this game when we tried to cross the ball in, but it just it, it no, nobody was getting on the end of it. Um, but luckily, Delo found Bruno on the edge of the box, a bit more unmarked, and uh, it was a very very good finish. Uh, it looked quite hard to do what he did. Obviously, he trains as a footballer, so he knows what to do. But uh, good goal. Um, it's good to just, just get that bit of relief. You know, fifty five minutes gone, the game's ticking on a little bit. You know, football games can kind of go very quickly sometimes. Um, but uh, good to see that we good to see we we just sort of nicked one, basically. I don't think there's much like tactically to sort of analyse there. It was just we continued crossing the ball into the box. Eventually, we we got one out of it. So that was uh, that was good, and it was a good finish. Um, but there's not really much sort of pass and move involved here, like with the um, the Sancho goal against Liverpool. That was a lot more sort of like pass and move and stuff. So um, again, I do have issues in this game with our supportive runs, pass and move movement overall. Uh, I thought we were a little bit too static in this game at points. Um, but anyway, so there's that. Uh, then some substitutions. S- uh, Ronaldo on for Sancho. Um, good timing for the sub. 68 minutes is a good time for it. Ronaldo being brought on is good. Um, I think he kind of should have started in this game, maybe. Um, but Sancho being brought off, I disagree with. I think it should have been Alanga. Alanga gets taken off later. But um, I felt out of the front line that if you just... Switch Sancho to the right, Rashford to the left, Ronaldo in the middle. You would have had a bit more of a ba- at least more of a balanced front line, because um, you could still do the, the the mix there of playing the ball in long from behind to the likes of Rashford, and getting those sort of crosses into the box for Ronaldo just to give you the two options, and then you get like the third thing with Sancho um, being a more balanced sort of player. So I don't know, but. Um... Yeah, Ronaldo being brought on, I, I agree with. I just I don't quite see why Sancho was quite taken off. Um, again, as I said in the Liverpool episode, um, I'm not going to agree with every single thing Ten Hag does because that wouldn't really make any sense. Um, but good sub. I agree with the player being brought on, but not the one being brought off. But hey, Ten Hag's a bit different to me. Uh, again, I like the football that he plays. It's just going to be things like substitutions where he's going to make different choices to what I would. But that's okay. Unless the player that comes on does something bad, then we can we can moan about it, but whatever. Uh, then, um, Casemiro's first appearance, Manchester United, um, after that. Being brought on for Elanga, which was uh, good. Um, I, I'm guessing that's more of a defensive substitution. You've then got McTominay and Casemiro on the pitch. Uh, very, very strange to see Casemiro in a Man United top. Um, I was going to say Old Trafford, but this game was away. Um... It's, 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 the, it's the not good United top. I I hate that lime green shirt. But hey, it doesn't matter what colour the shirt is as long as we win the games, right? So, um, 
yeah, because I remember when everybody complained about the Zebra kit from a couple of seasons ago. But, um, yeah, it is what it is. So, uh, yeah, good to see Casemiro. Finally, finally, a proper CDM and an experienced winner of a CDM. This guy has, well, just won the Champions League with Real Madrid when they beat Liverpool back in May. Um, I don't know if they won the Liga, but obviously, you know, you, you buy a player from Real Madrid, you, you're buying a winning play. You know, you look at the likes of... Benzema, Modric, Cruz, Casemiro, Ramos, Casillas. The, the, the Real Madrid have had a lot of winning mentality type players. And Casemiro is obviously one of them. So experience, winning mentality. Um, yeah, it's what, it's what you want. And a great footballer as well. So I'm very happy to have him here. And just, just finally, this team for probably since I even... But probably since before I even started the United cast, which was the 2019 season... We've been crying out for a CDM for a long, 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 long time. Because um, Matic was great, but we needed to replace him probably three years ago. Or have an alter- a better alternate option than what we've had other than Matic. Because Matic was great, no question marks about Matic's quality. But we should have either added to his uh, position or replaced him a while ago. But now we've finally done it, so... A little bit late, but um, at least we have a new, uh, a proper CDM and a winning one as well, which is good. Uh, but Atlanta getting taken off, I thought it was going to happen eventually. Um, so there's that. And then Fred on for Ericsson. Again, that could be a legs thing. Six minutes added on. You know, six minutes is a long, long time in football. Um, Fred being brought on, I mean, I don't really like Fred as a footballer. I don't think he's very good, but I think this is a sort of legs energy type thing. He did the same thing. Which game was it? The one where he brought three subs on at the end, and there was like added time. Maybe that's a maybe that's a thing that Ten Hag does. I mean, I know some stuff about Ten Hag, but not every single thing about him. Um, maybe that's just a thing that he does if he's winning a game late on. Um, there's nothing bad with bringing on fresh legs to sort of just just give that team a bit of a boost of energy um, or bo- boost of freshness at the end of the game. So uh, yeah, nothing nothing wrong with that. Um, that's it for the summary. Uh, I don't have much else to really say. Uh, it was a balanced game. We got over the line. Sometimes that just happens in football. Um, I thought we played okay. Uh, I thought at times we were doing well. Then Southampton were in the game. Like I said, very balanced, very 50-50. Should we be having a balanced game against Southampton? I, maybe. I don't know. If it depends on the day, the time, whatever. Um, they can be one of them teams. That, this is what's so, what's so entertaining about the Premier League. Is you look at so you look at obviously your big teams, Man United, Liverpool, City, Arsenal, Chelsea, all, all those all those ones, and those are ones that you know the the big guys and everything. Uh, I don't know if I said Tottenham, but Tottenham as well. Then you've got these awkward, tough teams to play against, like your Newcastle's or your Wolves or your Southamptons or um, maybe teams like Palace, um, Burnley when they were in the Premier League. Uh, teams like that. I don't really know much about like Fulham these days but we'll find out later i don't really know much about nottingham forest either but these teams that like they'll play five at the back they'll play defensively um they'll park the bus and they'll be really tough to play against that's a bit of what southampton are like um so sometimes you'll come up against that and you won't score necessarily you know three four five goals you'll sort of like you know crawl over the line and get the points but at the end of the day football's about getting three points and given the state that Man United are in right now um it's you know Ten Hag's just got here he's literally played what four Premier League games lost two one two 
I think for the moment, instead of trying to focus so much on like, oh, we need to play exquisite football, um, this team was crashing and burning very badly. So I think that the word the word I'd use about what Tenog needs to do right now is stabilize this team and just just get some wins, get some points, and stabilize this team. The fancy Tenog football that like that, that I've seen at least, or uh, that some of you have probably possibly seen as well. That can come later, and we still don't really have the squad to do that. We've got, we're getting there with some more signings like Ericsson and Casemiro and other people like that. Anthony would be a good addition as well. But um, plus, even if like let's say day one he gets every single transfer target he wants, you've still got to give time to the other players that, that were here before to because you can't just like oh click they're going to completely switch playing style in like two months or something i know tenog's been here for longer than five minutes but um the type of football that he's wanted to play is well at least from di- the difference from what he wants to do to ollie is very 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 different ralph had some similar ideas but it just didn't really work with ralph and then we, we moved on from that but um at the moment instead of focusing so much on the performance and the fancy football it's about stabilization and getting these points which was which was what this game was about really as well um just just sort of getting those points so um overall we won the last two games there's some things to be concerned about still definitely uh we still need a couple of more signings before i, b- I believe it's september 1st when the window closes so you know what uh, it would be very typical for May united on deadline day to panic buy some players but and that's not a it's not a good thing but additions to the team are additions to the team I, i'd rather it happen well, I'd rather have it happen today or tomorrow. You know, we announce a bunch of signings, but you'd ra- you'd rather it happen panically on deadline day than not at all, right? Just just getting the players in, um, which sounds very desperate, but that's just how we act in the transfer market. It's just because I I can see us on the on the last down deadline day being like, hey, Ajax, here's 110 million or something for Anthony. Which if we do that, I don't really care because it's a Tenag signing, and he would he he would bring balance to that right hand side. So that's just an example. And if we panic bought a striker, at least we'd have one in the team. Again, it sounds all very desperate, but I, I'd honestly rather us panic by a couple of players than not add anybody else, because then at least you've got different options, um, which is at least a good thing. So it, it's not the ideal way to do things, but it's better to do that than to do nothing at all. Um, so if we go on deadline day and buy some completely unknown striker, at least we've got somebody else in rather than just having nobody else because if if we go past deadline day and we've still got an unsettled um Ronaldo we've got Rashford who are still weren't in the team anyway but on the left hand side if we've still got an unsettled an, an unsettled Ronaldo and an unsure Martial as our striking options after deadline day I'm going to have some big concerns about our striking options um which is really weird because when you look a year ago we had obviously greenwood we're cavani and we're Bernaldo, and it's like okay who's gonna take the spot <laughs> you know and then we ended up playing two up front at some point we ended up playing a 4-2-2-2 and we had cavani and Ronaldo, and it, it's sort of a different option because back then we had the three striker and it was like which one are we gonna fit into the team which ones are we gonna wedge into the team now it's like, oh, Martial's injured. We have to play either Rashford up front or an unsettled Ronaldo. Um, it's funny how th- quickly things can change, isn't it? And obviously that happened under very different circumstances. Like Cavani's situation was different to the Greenwood one. So 
that is what that is. And then Ronaldo just getting kind of fed up in the summer. Um, so, yeah. But honestly, this Frankie De Jong thing, I think we should just give that up and just spend that spend that money on Anthony and a striker. Because even though we could do with another midfielder, we still do have people like Donny van der Beek on the bench. So we've got we've got way more options in the mid, at least options in the midfield than we do have up front. And in terms of the striking situation and the midfield, I would rather have more numbers up front than what we currently have. Because numbers for midfield, we've got numbers for midfield. We've got options at least. And we still have young players. Like, don't forget about Iqbal and Savage. And I don't know what's happening with Ghana, but him as well. We do have those options. We've literally got two people that can properly play up front. So that's a concern to me. Because if we go into the rest of the season obviously you've got January as well and we've got two striking options neither of which are completely ideal who who is getting our 20 goals this season or is it going to be a thing where Rashford gets 8 Martial gets 5 Ronaldo gets 15 Sancho gets 10 or you know some sort of mixed thing like that but I don't know anyway let's get in some housekeeping and then we'll do the player ratings where I do have the man of the match I will mention the man of the match first uh, in the player ratings but let's do um, do some other stuff. All right. Speaking of men's football, uh, we do of course we are of course sponsored by Manscaped. Uh, at the moment, they sell men's grooming products, uh, which you can go and get from them. If you want to look them up, you don't have to Google anything. Actually, you can just look in the link in your show notes. They sell different razors, shavers, ear and nose hair trimmers, deodorants, different things to cut your hair with, and things like that. Um, deodorant, clothes. All sorts of different men's products, men's grooming products and clothes and different things like that. So lots and lots of different options as to what you can get from Manscaped. Um, so go over to the website, click on the link in the show notes. You don't even need to type in anything. You can just simply scroll down, click on the link in the show notes. Either by different sets of things or individual items depending on what you want. Uh, so there's all that. But once you've selected what you want, whether it's to treat yourself, somebody else, whatever the occasion may be. Um, you can, uh, once you select what you wanted from Manscaped, once you've had a good look on there, read the descriptions of things and looked at the pictures of things, decide what you wanted. Once you get to that promo code box, which is etalkuk, E-T-A-L-K-U-K, that's our promo code with Manscaped, our deal with Manscaped. You can get 20% off and free shipping with Manscaped, uh, so go and check out all of that. Uh, Quality-wise, very professional, very first-hand, very quality-made. No questions about Manscaped's quality of product. Um, packaging's good that it comes in. It's stored really nicely in that packaging. Nothing sort of loose or ripped or whatever. Uh, and then the items themselves feel very professionally made and very, very well put together. So good stuff there from Manscaped. So etalkuk, E-T-A-L-K-U-K, 20% off, free shipping, with Manscaped. Also, if you don't want to scroll back to this point, listen to me talk about the promo code again. It's written in the show notes, so you can either copy it from that or copy and paste it, whatever you want to do. But the irrelevant, the relevant information, which is the link to go to Manscaped's website and the promo code is all in your show notes. So have a look in there. Thanks to Manscaped for sponsoring Entertainment Talks podcast. And of course, thank you very much for listening. Hi there, if you're looking to get started with a website of your own and a domain name, we've got good news for you. With our affiliate link with Kualu, you can click on that link which is in your show notes, which is for our affiliate link. You can go over to Kualu to get started with your website and domain name today. They've also got a very handy 
chat support system which is usually in the bottom right hand corner to send messages back and forth to Kualu if you'd like to ask them for help to get started with your domain name and website today so that's Kualu and you can use them to get started with your website and domain name today thank you very much to Kualu for this affiliate link Hi there, if you'd like to get rid of the ads in Entertainment Talks podcasts and listen to the ad-free versions of our episodes, we've got good news for you there as well. You can subscribe to Entertainment Talk at either the $5 level tier or $10 level tier. The $5 level tier will get you access to all of Entertainment Talks previous ad-free podcasts and the future ad-free podcasts that we make in the month that you're subscribed for. If you also subscribe to us at the $10 level tier, that will get you that benefit that I've just mentioned, and it'll also grant you access to request a review for two episodes of a TV show and a general discussion on that show, or a film review of your choice. So if if there's a TV show out there or a film that we've not covered perhaps and you'd like our opinion on it, we can watch two episodes of that TV show or film review. So it's one of either of those per month. Of course, if you continue subscribing each month, you can pick a TV show, then a film the next month and so on and so forth. This is a great way to support Entertainment Talk, get your ad-free podcasts and also get some reviews of your choice. Thank you very much for supporting us and thank you for listening. Back to the show. Alright, recently on Entertainment Talk, did a couple of podcasts yesterday. One was called My Thoughts slash Stance on Religion, basically going into the topic of religion. Uh, Why did I do that, you might ask? Uh, I've touched upon a lot of other uh, things going on in the world, such as uh, Black Lives Matter issues, LGBTQ issues, um, the abortion situation in the US. So lots of, like, life-related things that I've touched upon. Not really issues, per se, but life-related things I've touched upon. I've talked about gun control in the US. All sorts of different topics. But religion was one that I talked about here and there, but not really sort of fully. So I uh, did a separate chat podcast episode to talk all about my thoughts and stance on all things uh, religion, or just my my, my experience of religion, um, my thoughts on religion, all that type of stuff. So I thought I would just do that as a separate episode because I haven't fully covered that particular topic yet, which was good to do. A couple of film reviews I did recently. One was called uh, Luck. It's available on Apple TV Plus, and I very much enjoyed it. Uh, spoiler free and spoiler split review. That's good. I gave that a must see. Very much enjoyed that, and you can watch that, like I said, on Apple TV Plus. And it's called Luck. Um, another DC Talk episode. This one's talking about the Batgirl situation, the film delays that recently got announced, the situation with Batman as a character, and of course, yet again, situation with the Flash film. What on earth will Warner Brothers do with that film? Or Warner Brothers Discovery, as they're now called, WBD. But uh, what will Warner do about all of that? So talking about all that. Uh, Better Call Saul, we've now wrapped up the series coverage. We've had all of the episodes. We've covered, well, not all the episodes, but we've covered up to the point that we started to the end. Uh, We've covered up to the end of the show, basically. Uh, We did our series finale review last week, and this week we did a series wrap-up, which is basically where we go back. A week after the finale, uh, no sort of episode recap there because there was no episode 2 recap, but giving our last little thoughts and feelings and everything else on Better Call Saul as a series. Obviously, there's a lot of Breaking Bad talk in there as well and El Camino talk and those sorts of things, so that was good to do. That's me and David wrapping up our coverage of Better Call Saul. Um, did a Don't Skip review for Nope. Nope is the latest film from Jordan Peele. He, of course, has done Get Out, Us, and now Nope. Um, so three good films that he's done. I gave it Don't Skip, very much enjoyed that, and that's a spoiler-free 
review. Um, I did another Don't Skip review. This one's for Prey. That is the Predator prequel. It's available on Disney Plus or Hulu, depending on where you live. Very much enjoyed that. That's also a spoiler-free review. So that's for Prey. Uh, United Cast for the Liverpool Game podcast. Assassin's uh, Gaming Talk podcast this last week. We talked about Assassin's Creed and the Spider-Man Pride flag controversy because a mod uh, person made a mod to remove those from the game. We talked about all of that and a lot more other stuff as well. Um, did a review for Moss 2. It's the sequel to the first game, of course. It's available on PlayStation VR and I think on Oculus as well. I played it on PlayStation VR. Very, very much enjoyed that. That was really good to play. Uh, good additions to the sequel. Uh, good new sort of mechanics and gameplay and that sort of stuff. So very much enjoyed Moss 2. Um, did a podcast called um, Coming Out One Year Later, a personal thank you to Love Victor. So that was talking about my journey so far after last year, how things have gone, how things are going, past, present, future, and specifically talking about Love Victor, the TV show that's now finished with three seasons. Um, I talked about how important that show is to me, how it helped me, all that type of stuff. So that was really good as well. And that's what we've been doing recently on entertainmenttalk.org and on podcast platforms. Man of the Match, yet again. With a 10 is Lissandro Martinez. Um, this guy's a beast. This guy's a beast, but in a very positive way. I mean that, of course. Um, he's strong. He's fast. He wins the ball in the air quite a lot. Um, didn't remember any specific mistakes that he'd made. Um, his partnership with Varane is coming together very nicely after just, what, two games? I think the Liverpool game was their first game together, wasn't it? So... Um, really, really enjoying that. And again, I don't mean to keep dunking on Harry Maguire, but it's working without him, isn't it? Quite clearly. Um, we've let in one goal in the last two games. That goal was, of course, from a corner with the Liverpool game. But we are much better defensively with the two of them. Um, and it's easy to see. I mean, unless you're going to play Maguire in the Europa League or the Carabao Cup games or the FA Cup games... This should be the... I mean, I'm not talking about him being sold, because that's quite unlikely for Maguire to be sold, but... I I can't see Ten Hag... I mean, it's clear to... Hopefully clear to Ten Hag, and it's probably clear to the rest of us. This martinez Varan partnership is really quite strong, really quite good. Um, they will have their bad games. That will happen at some point. Hopefully not anytime soon, because we're building up a bit of, mem- a bit of momentum, which is good. But... They make a great partnership. They're far, They're both fast together. They're both very strong, experienced. They're both winners. Of course, Varane, another one who came from a winning... Um, not not the same Champions League winning team as last year, because, of course, we had him last year, but he's another Real Madrid player that comes from a winning team. Alessandro uh, Martinez has just come from an Ajax winning... Eurodivis? Um, I can't remember the Holland uh, title name. But, yeah, they're both winners. They've both got strong mentalities, good mentalities, winning mentalities... And, I mean, they will make mistakes eventually. They're not, no, no player is perfect, but it's working at the moment, so just keep keep playing them. Keep playing them. I mean, we don't have Eric Bailey anymore, unfortunately. He's gone on loan. The, the, the loan deal with that is really weird. But, um, yeah, these two are working together. Just keep playing them. Hopefully Varane stays fit. Hopefully Martinez stays fit. And we'll see where it goes. But it's working very, very well so far, and that's something to be very happy about. Uh, let's go back to the goalkeeper. I'd give De Gea, um, did he make many saves today? Again, same kind of thing against Liverpool. I mean, I know he let in a goal against Liverpool, but that was a bit of a different type of goal. But again, I suppose with the Martinez-Varane thing, De Gea isn't being constantly thumped with the football, is he? 
because you know we're blocking shots we're clearing crosses making tackles and when you're doing that more often your goalkeeper therefore has less things to do so um average six i suppose something something like that i mean he didn't have a bad game didn't have a particularly amazing game but if you win if you win a game of football which we did and we did last week on monday and your goalkeeper is not busy it is a good thing so although there's no reason to give him a 10 because he didn't make like you know groundbreaking game saving saves but you don't really want your goalkeeper to be making loads and loads of saves because you want to be kicking the ball down the other end into the opposition's goal so it's good that he isn't busy we don't want our goalkeeper to be busy um we want our goalkeeper to have nothing to do because we don't want shots taken at our goal because we don't want to let goals in so i guess i would just give him a six in that case um the low i thought was good again he always kind of gives like a decent 8 out of 10 sort of performance the low small question marks defensively I thought I thought defensively today he was a bit better but still question marks on him going forward attacking wise again I think because I mentioned it a bit earlier with the front line Alanga Rashford Sancho apart from Bruno in that one in that one scenario in 90 minutes what is he supposed to do with his crosses because you haven't got your Ronaldo, Cavani, Lewandowski-ish type of striker, like your Haaland or whatever, to cross the ball into. Because none of those three players I just named are that type of player. Um, I mean, yes, he can cross the ball and one of those three players can head it into the goal. But they're not those types of... None of those three players are strikers anyway. They're all wingers. So, again, I think the front lines in balance... It does impact somebody. It does impact your fullbacks' games because when they cross the ball into some of those players, and everybody misses it, it almost looks like the the fullback is putting a bad cross because nobody's getting. Because that's a two part thing all the time, right? Like, is the cross good? Does the cross go near to a player? And the cross that the um uh the cross that the player goes near to, did that player put in enough effort to get on the end of that cross? It's a two part thing. So the crosses were not bad from Delo. They were quite good. But again, you've got Rashford, Sancho and Alanga on the end of them until Bruno later on in the game gets on the end of his. But that wasn't a headed chance either. That was a different cross to the edge of the box, which was a different type of shot entirely. So that's going to make the that's almost going to make the low look worse. And that's why we need another striker, because Ronaldo ain't going to play every game. He's not even really starting games at the moment. So anyway, I would give him an eight. Uh, Varane I'd probably give him a 10 I'd probably give both Varane and Martinez 10s again I thought they were both very very solid just Martinez edged it a bit for me uh, I think Martinez has just got that he's just got that appealing sort of toughness about him that's really uh, really good to watch I think you, you like it when a player I like when a player gets stuck in and shows some uh, strength but what you don't want them to do is start playing dirty and start fouling people Martinez isn't doing that yet um, so, anyway, good stuff. Malasia, um, a bit more quiet than in the last couple of games. Still had a very good game. Um, he did let some sloppy passes go at some point. I think I'd give him, an, give him an 8. I still thought he had a good game. I just thought some of his passing was as, like, surprisingly sloppy. So, there's there's that to note. And a few of them did lead to some goal-scoring chances from Southampton. None of which they managed to take. But it's still mistakes in his game, unfortunately. And again, he's a new player. He's a young player. He's got things to learn. Um, I don't think he's in the same scenario where he needs a loan like Alanga. I think Malasia will be starting a surprising amount of games um, because I don't think Luke Shaw's been good recently. So Malasia is the natural step up to that. And again, thought he was good. Eight is a good rating. I just think just uh, just clean up a few of those mistakes, I thought. So there's that. 
Ericsson I thought was very good. Again, um, I probably give him. I think I'll give him a nine just because out of our three midfielders, which is where your creativity kind of thrives, he was definitely the most creative. So I'd probably give him a nine. A few like weird passes here and there at different points from Ericsson. A few sort of like huh sort of passes. Um, but still, uh, still a very good game from Ericsson. I thought so. That was good. Uh, McTominay, um, um, again, didn't have a, like, complete 0 out of 10 stinker performance. Um, like, he didn't have one of those against Liverpool either. One of McTominay's other problems, because McTominay's got, like, a two-sided problem, almost. Because he either does one thing or he does the other, right? With McTominay, he either gets a lot of the ball and loses it a lot and makes himself look really bad. Or... He doesn't get a lot of the ball and looks really, really quiet, but doesn't sort of put in that extra bit of effort to try to get involved. Because he's either sort of hiding from the ball or gets the ball and is really bad with it. And this game was, again, this was a very, very like balanced 50-50 game in sort of almost every regard, as I mentioned earlier. And McTominay almost had like a very balanced game himself. I don't think he was terrible. And I don't think he was great. But the problem with that is if we're trying to get back to like... You know, again, it's about stabilisation at the moment, and you know, just getting some, getting some points, getting some wins, getting some, getting that positive men- mentality back into this team because that had crashed before, uh, which is what we've done in the last two games, which is you know, get some, get, get some wins, get some decent performances in, and just build off of that. That's what we've got to do at the moment. Um, so the fancy football stuff can come later uh, once we get some, some winning mentality, some positive positivity about this team back in. Um, but I don't know where McTominay fits in with that. I still think he fits in with not being in the team at all, because I still wouldn't play him. Because uh, I still don't think he's good enough. Um, but this wasn't—it wasn't a zero out of ten. He's had games. He, him and Fred obviously have been big culprits in the midfield. They've both had far worse games than what, what they have in the last two. Obviously, McTominay started and Fred's come on later as a sub. But. I don't know, I guess, like, because I think I gave him a four against Liverpool. Like, okay, you weren't great, but you weren't terrible. So I think I'd give him the same score. Um, just needs to get involved a bit more. But then the problem with when he tries to get involved a bit more is he starts playing badly again. So what, 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 what do you do with him? What do you do with him? I think you just don't have him in the team. So just, just really, really quiet. Um, there was there's like long stretches of this game where I was looking at like, hey, okay, who's on the ball? Who's getting involved? And McTominay was never the player. That I was looking at. So anyway. Um, I'll go to Bruno Fernandes next. I'm going to give him a 1. Because I'm getting really really fed up. Of. Um, his, his sloppy passing. His Hollywood balls. And his attitude. Is really starting to get on my nerves. Um, I'm giving him a 1. Because he did score the winning goal. So it would be unfair for me to give him a 0. But. Um, this, some of the passing in this game and things like that that he was doing, and I'm I'm I've, I've surprised myself that I've just given McTominay a higher rating than Bruno. They both didn't have a good game. I want to just put that out there. Um, but I I suppose what what I would say is about like McTominay as opposed to Bruno in this game. Although McTominay was sloppy when he got on the ball, I actually felt Bruno was almost worse with it. But then Bruno did score a goal. So they're both bad. They're both bad in this game, and they were both massively sort of carried in the midfield by Ericsson. Um 
so yeah it was again it was a sloppy sort of weird 50-50 anno- annoying game to watch um, but I'm really sort of getting annoyed with Bruno he's 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 doing stuff that's just not necessary um, and I, I still think he's got that part of him that is trying too hard he's still kicking the ball too hard at certain points um because if you want to, if you want to do the Hollywood pass that he can do, you've got to make sure you kick the ball. Because he gets the location right for the pass, but never the power. He never gets the power right. He almost he always kicks it out of play, or he gets a shot on the edge of the box and he blasts it over the bar. Apart from when he scored, which is when he actually got it right for a change. Um, but Bruno's turned into a player that's a bit more like performance uh, uh, GA over performance. He, he'll get you goals. He'll get you assists when he plays well, but. His performance has been very exaggerated and very um, erratic. He's he's become very, very erratic and it's not good to see. So, I don't really know why that's happened either. So, yeah. Um, but that's Bruno Fernandes. Alanga, I would probably give... He did some okay stuff in this game. I'd probably give him a 5. I thought it was okay. I just think, again, the decision-making part of him... Because he's got the pace... He can sort of pass. He can sort of shoot. He's got a little something about him. I just think a loan would be good for Alanga at this point. I also think as well. He came into the team last year. When things happened. And he got given a spot. He did well. I just think we've sort of put him, pushed him too much into this team. Because as much as I want to see young players like him. Be integrated into the team and developed. You can't just start them game after game after game. And I don't think that's Ten Hag's fault, by the way. I think that that started happening last year with Ralph. Um, because, like, Lingard wasn't playing, Greenwood was out of the team, and all, all sort of kind of stuff. But um, he's been played too much, I think, as well. And I think it's just... it's we, We've tried to force the development a bit too much, so we'll see what happens. Uh, Sancho, I thought Sancho was good. Um, not his greatest game. I think he made some mistakes. I would probably give him, like, a 7. I thought it was good. Still wouldn't have subbed him off. But um, I also think that the pass and movement around Sancho and the supportive runs weren't there, which which didn't help him either. But uh, I think Sancho did well today. I think he did all right. Rashford, um, I'd probably just give him an average six. I thought he was fine. Um, again, I just think trying to play the way that we played against Southampton didn't suit the front line. Specifically playing somebody like Rashford at number nine. Uh, or in the striker's role, um, I don't think really worked or fit him. So that that would simply be on that be my explanation for him. I don't think he had a bad game. I just think that again, when you when you start to cover football for a bit of time and you realise other things that are going on, the imbalance in this team today did affect a few performances, like a Rashford, like a Alanga, like a Diallo. The imbalance in a team can stop certain players from doing certain things. So. There we go. Uh, going to the subs: uh, Casemiro, Fred, and Ronaldo. No really, no real ratings to give them. It was great to see Casemiro. Uh, that was really good. Just a shame. It's a, it's a bit of a shame that the first time we see him isn't in a red Man United shirt. But still good to see him. It's it's weird to have Casemiro in this team, but weird in a really good way. Where like, um, and we signed him in like two days as well. That was probably because there was pressure on the Glazers and they panic bought somebody, but. Hey, if 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 that's what you want, if that's what needs to happen, if we need to put Glazer, the pressure on the Glazers, and we still want Glazers out, we still want them to sell, of course. If putting pressure on the Glazers causes them to buy us players like Casemiro, then keep doing that. 
Because then we might buy Anthony, then we might buy a striker, and then we might start to look better as a team. Um, but still, regardless of whoever they buy and whatever they do, we still want the Glazers out. I feel like after the Liverpool win, the sort of days following that, the pressure was definitely off of the Glazers. Uh, I wasn't seeing as much, like, you know, protest talk or buying talk or Glazers out talk. And, you know, Monday night, you celebrate, you beat Liverpool, it's a big deal, it's a good deal, good good, good thing that's happened. But um, the, the pressure definitely went away after that. Like, Casemiro getting introduced, beating Liverpool... Uh, I think the attention got taken away a little bit from the Glazers, which isn't a good thing. So, anyway. Um, but Fred coming in. Yeah, Fred was fine. Ronaldo didn't really have a chance to do a whole lot. So, yeah. Uh, missing players. Um, Lindelof with a knock. Marshall with a f- um, tendon injury. Palestri ankle injury. And Brandon Williams, it just says injury. So, and then this is Coach Ten Hag, which you already know that. Um but yeah, on the bench we had uh, Casemiro, Fred, Garnacho, Heaton, Maguire, Ronaldo, Shaw, Van der Beek, and um, Aaron Wambasaka. So that's who we had on the bench. Um, so we've not seen as much of, of much of Iqbal. We don't know what's going on with Garner. Um, who else has not been in the team much? Lindelof's injured. Jones, I don't know where. I don't know what the situation even is with Jones anymore. Um, so yeah. That's pretty much that. Anyway, that's it for today's episode for the United Cast. We will be back on Thursday um, for the Leicester game. Then we've probably got somebody... Right, because next game is Thursday, Premier League, Leicester. Then we've got probably a game on Sunday, I would imagine, next week. And then next week, Thursday, we're advertising it on BT, BT TV today on the 8th. We start our Europa League campaign, uh, Real Sociedad. We've got three other teams, sorry, two other teams... One's called Sheriff something or other. And I can't even remember the other team's name. But it's Europa League. So you're going to come across those sorts of teams. But Real Sociedad. Who we've played in the Europa League before I think. Um, that start that campaign. That six game campaign starts next Thursday. So um, Sunday game today. Obviously we won. Uh, Leicester Thursday. I don't know who we're playing. Probably on Sunday. We, we wouldn't be playing on Saturday. Probably Sunday and then Thursday next week. I think it's Arsenal after Leicester. Um, but yeah, the game after that will be Sociedad and then whoever we've got after that. So, but I will tell you who we've got after Leicester once we've played them. So, cause I've, I'm not looking at anything right now. So anyway, uh, let me know your thoughts, feelings, questions, comments, everything else. What do you think of the midfield? What do you think of the striking options? Um, do you think we have enough? Whatever. What did you think of the game today? Um, what do you think of Casemiro coming in? What do you think of the new centre-back partnership? Ver- uh, Verona Martinez. Who was your man of the match? Was it Martinez? Was it somebody else? Uh, what do you think of Bruno? What do you think of McTominay? Do you think Alanga should go on loan? Um, and what do you think of other things related to all of that? So send in your thoughts, feelings, questions, comments, whatever you've got. Uh, Matthew at EntertainmentTalk.org. Twitter, eTalkUK. There's a contact page and information in your show notes. Also an email box on the website version of the episode and a clickable email name in your show notes. So have a look out for all those things. In the meantime, you can find everything else that we do on entertainmenttalk.org and podcast platforms by searching for Entertainment Talk TV, games, films, main night podcasts. Take a look at all the other stuff we've got. Film reviews, gaming talk, Westworld's wrapped up, Better Call Saul's wrapped up, uh, United Cast episode, gaming talk episodes, um, my thoughts on religion, chat podcast episode coming up on the 1st. Um, so I'll be recording that on Thursday, so look out for that one. Yeah, lots of things going on at the moment. Entertainmenttalk.org, podcast platforms, entertainment talk. If you want to support us in other ways, 
You can, of course, tell other people about what we do. Just simply tell them what we do and where they can find our podcast simply by doing that. You can also share the podcast around on social media if you want to do that as well. Patreon, $5, $10 level tiers, free free podcast review options. Have a look out for those as well. $5, $10 level tiers for all of those things on Patreon. TV and film news, geektown.co.uk, Geektown Radio. Uh, see about renewals, cancellations and pickups, air dates, casting news. Find out if and when your favourite shows are coming back. Uh, There's been some cancellations in the last couple of days. Resident Evil got cancelled. Umbrella Academy got renewed. Other stuff going on. So check out all that information. Geektown.co.uk. Geektown Radio. Uh, Geektown Radio episodes drop on Tuesday. So look out for the most recent one. Before there's a new one on Tuesday. Look out for those. Bex is still streaming very regularly over on Twitch. I believe she's at Gamescon at the moment. So go and check out what she's up to. Uh, You can find her on three different platforms. Either Twitch. Trista B-Y-T-E-S over on Twitch for the classic games retro streams chat streams tomb raider or her posts on instagram and twitter as well so check out all of that uh me you can find me streaming on twitch as well etalk uk for my different gaming streams so check out that follow the channel so you get notified about when i go live if you miss the streams the fifa criminal episodes or the game clips uh entertainment talk plays over on youtube for all of that thanks very much for listening and i'll see you on um well tomorrow for gaming talk Thursday for United Cast and whatever else we decide to do. Cheers and I'll see you next time. Goodbye.